Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor Gillian Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. This morning I'm going to share a message on hope, a mission of hope. And I want to talk about the fact that we are on a mission and that we're here for a purpose, we're here for a reason, something that's bigger than just us. Have you ever been on a mission? Have you ever had a moment in your life where you're like, on a desperate, urgent mission? Anyone here been in that, fe- that feeling of, I've got to get this done, uh, single-mindedness, focused, deliberate, purposeful, got to get out and make this happen? Well, this was me on Wednesday morning. I'm not sure if anybody here had the same situation, but my daughter was sitting NCA exams. Any parents with kids that have sit on exams? Yes, I, you know, we all need lots of sympathy. What about kids? Any kids, <laughs> any teenagers? Yeah, well done, well done you, you finished your exams? Good job, good job. <laughs> well, my daughter was sitting her exam on Wednesday morning, and so I had been super prepared because it was an early morning exam. Bad news if I'm not prepared for the morning, you know what I'm saying. So I'd made the lunches, and I had found her scientific calculator, which she needed for the exam, sitting over on the couch, and I thought, oh, better put it on the kitchen bench, nice and visible, so she can easily grab her lunch and grab the calculator, and we're all set. Now, I dropped my son Will off at the train, and he was off on the train to the other end of Wellington, and then I got home, and John and Lara are searching the whole house, going, where is my scientific calculator? Where is my calculator? And I'm like, um, I just left it right on the kitchen bench. It was highly visible. You should have been able to see it. Uh, maybe someone moved it and put it on the, the chairs or something. We're searching everywhere. No sign of the calculator, which we need for the exam. <laughs> I suddenly start to have a realization. Perhaps my son, Will, took it with him. So I rang him up. Hey, Will, did you happen to take the calculator that was sitting on the bench? Did you happen to grab that? Uh, And he said, oh, yes. He said it it had Cameron on it. And Lara pipes up and says, Owl Cameron. And Will said, I thought it was a W. So, Lara's scientific calculator is now at the other end of Wellington. There is no way we're going to get the calculator in time for the exam. And as a parent, I am now stressing out because it's her exam. Like, this is not a small thing. So the whole family, well, that's John, myself, and Lara, now goes, and I'm sure Will is completely oblivious, now goes into a total panic. And we are on a mission. We are desperate that she gets a calculator for her exam. So I go, John, Google warehouse stationery. And so we Google warehouse stationery to find out the opening hours, because I thought, well, worst case scenario, we'll go buy her a new one. I mean, it's her exam. We'll do whatever it takes to get her equipped for the exam. Worst case scenario. I try ringing the school. I leave about five voicemails, each one getting a more desperate tone in my voice, (laughs) thinking maybe they'll have a spare calculator, just maybe they'll think of parents such as myself who've failed miserably in their parenting skills to provide their child what they needed for the exam. I haven't heard back from the school. We get in the car. We're desperate. We're focused. I talk Lara through the mission. When you get to school, you go straight to the maths department. She's like, I don't know where the maths department is. I'm like, go go to the office. Find out where the maths department is. I'm going to go to the warehouse stationery. You're going to call me if you get a calculator, so I don't have to buy one. But we're going to get you this calculator. We're focused. Lara, fortunately, she started to laugh about it all. I'm like, how is she laughing? I was not laughing. 
But you know, Lara began to get a song for her situation. <coughs> and I was so happy because we preach about these things in church, you know. Get a song for that challenge that you're facing. Sing your way out of this. So Lara began to sing. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Why he had to go, I don't know. He didn't say. Now my calculator's gone. Something's wrong. I'm gonna fail. <laughs> uh, good news. We were one minute away from the school drop, and the school rang me back, and they said, we have spare calculators. Our song changed to Hosanna. Hosanna. <laughs> have you ever been on a mission? It's a desperate thing. It's an urgent thing. You are single-minded. You're focused. You're passionate. And it's like you don't need caffeine to be awake. You are so awake. You're wide awake. And you're intent on that goal. Well, you know what Jesus said to us? He said that we are here on a mission. We're here on a mission. See, you know, if we got saved and we could have just gone straight to heaven. But no, we're still here. So we are here for a mission. I want to read what it says, what Jesus said to us in Matthew chapter 5 from the message version. It says this. Jesus said, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Jesus said, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt. You're here to be light. We're here to hold out the word of life and point people to Jesus. We're here to go public about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. I want to say that every single person in this room, every age group, from old to young, every, every single person, every ethnicity, every race, every one of us, we are here to be a light. We are here to shine. And God wants to put us on a lampstand that we'd be on public display, that people would see Jesus in us, and because they saw Jesus in us, they would find him themselves. You know, we're here for a mission, and we're here for other people to know about Jesus. It's a mission with great urgency. You know, a story or a, and a thing that happened that I've never uh, forgotten about was something that happened with my friend Amanda's daughter. And Eleanor Simpkin, she can sing beautifully, and she's a lovely little songbird. And she was out jumping on her trampoline, a famous song that we sing here in Arise called, I'm in love with Jesus. And uh, she was there jumping on the trampoline, go Shahan, I'm in love with Jesus. I'm in love, I'm in love. And she's out there uh, rocking that song. And this little kid, her next door neighbor, 
he pops his head up over the fence and he says to her, what's that song? And then he says to her, who's Jesus? He didn't know who Jesus is. See, there is a generation that right now does not know who Jesus is. We can't be the generation where the knowledge of Jesus Christ dies out. We can't be the generation where the hope of the world is not able to be found. We can't be the ones that allow the message of Christ to be hidden. It needs to be gone public like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. See, ours is a mission of hope. We're here on a mission and it's a mission of hope. See, Paul said in the letter to Titus, he said, I, Paul, am God's slave and Christ's agent for promoting faith among God's chosen people, getting out the word of God and how to respond to it. My aim is to raise hopes by pointing the way to life without end. My aim is to raise hopes by pointing the way to Jesus, to life without end. This is the life that God promised long ago and he doesn't break promises. And when the time was ripe, he went public with his truth. See, we have a mission. It's a mission of hope. And we have a calling. And it's a calling to be salt and light. You know, Jesus taught this throughout our whole Bible, this theme of us being salt and light. When we started Arise Church about 17 years ago, we used to gather in a little back room at Tafire in Newtown. And we would pray before our services. I remember praying for about two years exactly the same prayer every Sunday for two years. And I was like, I'm not very original. But it was... It was just something I couldn't escape from. And every time I would pray and I would declare, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And we would pray and declare that every Sunday. You know, I think it's no accident that as we gather here in this building, the Arise Center, that you could clearly say a city on a hill could not be hidden. That this church is impossible to hide. (laughs) Thousands of people drive past it every day. It is lit up day and night. There is a bustle of activity of people coming and going. I've talked to people, they're like, oh, I always wondered what was happening there. There's so much peop- so many people and always something happening. I was like, what is going on there? You know what happened is <coughs> the mayor of Lower Hutt, he came and he opened up the building, the former mayor now, uh, not formerly, no, anyway, no jokes, no jokes. The former mayor of Lower Hutt, <laughs> he came and he opened up the building and Uh, He went home and he posted it to his office. He posted about it on Facebook and he he wrote about it being so great for Lower Hutt. But of course, there was some criticism. And this person got on and the criticism that they wrote about his post was this. Well, you know, they're a church and they've got their lights on all through the night. He said, why are they leaving their lights turned on? They should be saving power. (laughs) you know what? The mayor wrote back to them and he said, well, actually, he'd had a tour from Brad, the genius that helped to plan it all. He said, well, they're actually energy efficient LED bulbs that cost the church a couple of dollars to run through the night. But he said this in response. He said, the building has become a beacon of hope in the Hutt Valley as it is lit up day and night. We're here to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We're going public. We're going public with this good news. We're going to let our light shine. God says, I put you on a lampstand. I put you on a lampstand. It's time to shine. See, Jesus is not to be hidden away. He's not to be the best kept secret. We've got to go public with this good news that's here. You know, the Bible commends us when we do go public. 
The Bible commends us when we begin to share our faith. It says this in Daniel 12, that when we are salt and light, this is what happens. Daniel 12, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. Those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. And Philippians 2.15 says this, you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. You shine like stars as you hold out the word of life. Wow, you shine like stars when you hold out the word of life. To be salt and light is what Jesus has called us to be. To be salt and light means that we share the message of Jesus. That's what it actually means with our lives and with our words. You are God's poster child. Nudge someone and say, you're the poster child for Jesus, baby. You are God's poster child. But see, sharing Jesus is to be a natural overflow. You know, when I first fell in love with Johnny, and even now, I mean, I'm talking about him now, aren't I? But you know, when you fall in love with someone, you can't help but talk about them. I'm like, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny, this is my friend's like, are we really getting tired of hearing about Johnny? You know, can we talk about something else? But when you love someone, it's the natural overflow of your lives. Imagine if Jesus was a conversation on our lips everywhere we went, because we're actually just so in love with him that it overflows from our lives. See, talking about God should spring from the hope and the life that he's already given us. And there's meant to be something different about us. See, that saltiness that brings out the God flavor, saltiness that makes people thirsty. Because when they're around us, there's a sense that we taste a bit different. We're a little bit interesting. There's a unique flavor. Not interesting weird. Interesting good, okay? I do not give you permission to be weird. (laughs) (laughs) but we we should be a little bit salty (laughs) you know saltiness will make people thirsty and light will draw and attract I love this Joseph Aldrich said this this is God's evangelistic strategy in a nutshell he desires to build into you and into me the beauty of his own character and then put us on display isn't that gorgeous I share this not to boast, but I was somewhere two weeks ago, and the lady said to me, oh, I'm so, I, I saw that you're coming, and I'm, she said, I'm so excited. She said, every time that you're here, she said, I just feel really good. She's like, I just feel really good when you're here. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and um, talked to her about being a Christian a little bit. And she said, ah, she said, I also feel the same around this other lady that I work with, and she's also a Christian. I'm like, just a little bit of salt. Just a little bit of salt, just a little bit of light. See, she starts to feel light around us because we've got the light of Christ within. We're not burdened and weary and overcome because we're filled with hope. We're filled with a hope that overflows. And that hope, that light that shines from within, the light of glory, the hope of glory that lives in us begins to bring light into other people's lives. You know, uh, when you go out to order food and you're sitting down at the restaurant, it's that great moment before you've ordered your food. You're sitting there like, oh, what am I going to have today? Is it going to be the steak? Is it going to be the chicken? Is it going to be the lamb? Is it going to be the fish if I'm trying to be healthy? It's the fish. (laughs) If I'm feeling decadent, it's the steak. (laughs) But you can hold the fries. Oh, don't hold the fries. Hold the fries. No. Anyway, it's getting close to lunchtime, right? This is the 11 o'clock service. (laughs) Does anyone else have these struggles? The struggle is real. All right, all right. So there you are, you're perusing the menu like, oh, this is the exciting moment, what am I going to have? And then the table next to you, their order arrives, and you're like, 
And you're like, oh, okay. Well, that was a little bit different to what was on the menu, but oh, that one looks good. That one looks good. See, we often will look to see if it looks as good as it sounds. And you know, we want people to look at our lives and want to have what we're having. We want people to want what we're having. You see, we want people to look at our lives and go, man, this Jesus, is he really as good as he sounds? This Jesus, is he as good as it sounds? But like if they look at our lives and we're carrying the hope of the world within, if we're filled with his presence within, if there's a bit of light, if there's a bit of saltiness because we're living a pure life, because we're living with integrity, because we have character, because we speak words of encouragement, because we're a kind person and the fruit of the Spirit has grown up in our lives, because we're filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we can begin to speak into people's situations even with them not knowing. Perhaps there could be some salt and some light that begins to overflow out of our lives. People want to see if Jesus is as good as he sounds. See, we're here to point the way to life. We're here to point the way to life. That is our mission. We all have this mission. I want to encourage us all that we are going public with this. We are not hiding. We are visible. We are bold. We need to be willing to stand out because we understand what's at stake, which is people's eternal future. This is not about whether they're going to a good place or not. This is about the fact that there is an eternity. There is an eternity, and what people decide while they're here on earth determines the outcome of their lives, of their eternity. We are entrusted with such a great mission. You know, we can get excited in here, and I know it sounds really good, but we can also step outside these doors, and then it becomes a reality of where do we even start? And, you know, I used to really struggle with fear. <clears throat> it was a real challenge for me to share my faith with people. I was worried to talk to my friends about my faith in Jesus because I was worried they would reject me. They would judge me, think I was narrow-minded or put me in this box of Christian that somehow is how the world portrays a Christian. It's interesting, isn't it, that the devil's got a different view of what it, he's put on the lampstand a different perspective, we've got to bring a very alternate view of what a Christian really looks like. But you know, I was afraid that if I shared Jesus with them, that they would put me in a box and perhaps withdraw their relationship from me. I found it really hard to talk to people, and it was a battle in my mind. It'd be like trying to say something, but then not saying it. But what I did was I just started to take little steps. As God became stronger in my life, as my love of God became stronger, and as my love for the people around me, as I began to understand that this person who was in my world for more than a few moments might be a divine appointment, that this person God had brought into my life for a reason, that it actually mattered that I would begin to open my voice and maybe just put out a little bit of salt. So I worked firstly in a bed linen shop and a lady sort of came in with quite a bit of pain in her hands who worked there one day and she said, you know, she was in pain and I said, oh, can I pray for you? She said, No. I was like, oh, okay, well, that didn't go very well. <laughs> Just a little bit of salt. Just a little bit of salt. When I was working as a teacher and I had all the colleagues and we'd be in our back room doing our lesson prep, and everyone would come in like, how's your weekend, how's your weekend? And everyone was like, great, great, great. And it started off and I'd just say, yeah, great, great. But then I finally got up the courage to just try to add a little bit of salt as I began to care about them and hope that maybe there might be something in me that might make them thirsty. And so instead of just saying, great, 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 I built up my courage and I said, oh, yeah, it was really great. I went to church. It was amazing. That was it. Just a little bit of salt. I went to church. Got to start somewhere. 
You know, we, we might not be able to lead someone to Christ tomorrow and <laughs> take them through a salvation prayer. I, how amazing when that does happen. But sometimes it's just about saying, hey, I, this is my life. This is who I am. I've put you on a lampstand. Shine. I've made you salty to begin to bring out the God flavor on the earth. Just start to share that little bit of salt. And my colleague at um, school, he said to me, man, <coughs> excuse me. He said, I can't figure you out. He said, you know, everybody comes to school on Monday and they're grumpy because it's Monday. And they're like, the whole week is ahead of them and all these terrible teenagers. <laughs> they're like, no, no, of course you're not like that. And, uh, <laughs> and they're like, man, we're all grumpy, but you're different. And I said, uh, yeah. They said, it's, for you, it's like the happiest day of the week. And I said, well, that's because I've been at church on Sunday. <laughs> you know, just a little bit of salt. But see, now... When I go to the shops, I'm like, this is awesome. I go to the shops and they say to me, what have you got planned for the weekend? You know, just, just shop girl talk, nothing exciting. What have you got planned for the weekend? I'm like, well, let me tell you why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, not much, but I'm going to be at church all day Sunday. It's amazing. We're just here in that yellow and white building that you can't miss there in Petoni. You know that bright one with all the lights that stay on all night? Uh, I'll just be there on a, on a Sunday all day. And it's, it's awesome. You know what? It's really not what you'd expect. You should come along sometime because I, I think, you know, you, church isn't what you might think it is. Come along, come and check us out anytime, just drive on up. I haven't seen them come yet, but they might have. <laughs> just a little bit of salt, just a little bit of salt. See, holding out the word of life, holding out the word of life, it's step by step. As we begin to understand that every person, we're here on a mission. And it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy to put ourselves out there. It's actually hard. But I've put you on a lampstand, Jesus said. I've put you on a lampstand. And he commands us, shine. He commands us, shine. And he says that we are now the hope. You know, he's gone. He's left earth and he has entrusted us. He might be a bit crazy about doing that. But if we would begin to just allow the shining of God through us then his trust will not be misplaced. It's not always going to be easy. And maybe, like I did, you struggle to talk to people about Jesus. And maybe you can just do the first step of saying, hey, why don't you come to church? You know, that's why we have these services here at Arise. We try to make them uh, hopefully as accessible for people as possible, to be able to hear about Jesus in a way that doesn't freak them out, you know, but that Jesus is normal. He's awesome. We have services that are upbeat and lively and, and filled with hope. And so, you know, we're planning some great services over this next season being Christmas. And look, right now is a great season of opportunity to hold out the word of life and invite people to our Christmas services. You know, we've got these cute cards. They are so cute. And they say, Joy to the World. And on the back, it's got all the details of our Christmas services coming up. But you know what I really like? It says, Free Entry and Photos with Santa. Do you know how much it costs people to have a photo in Lower Hutt Mall with Santa? Like, it's like $25, or it might even be more now. Like, it's ridiculous. So you can tell them, we will give you a free digital copy of a photo with Santa. You can just come and have a photo for free. How awesome is that? We're going to have these at the doors. I'd encourage you that maybe the first step today would be to grab hold of some of these and just say, hey, come, and, come along to church. It's going to, you know, I'm not sure if you're doing much to celebrate Christmas, but this is going to be heaps of fun. And, uh, you know, we could take that step Let's take the step, hold out the word of life. See, 2 Corinthians 3.12 says this, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. 
since we have such a hope, this hope in Jesus, we are very bold. Oh, we're gonna get a little bit of boldness. We might feel a little bit weird. They might not care for our card, but we care about them and the hope of the world might come out through us. Just a little bit of salt, just a little bit of light and somebody's life might begin to change in Jesus' name. See, we take this scripture to heart by opening up to others. They will open up to God, the Bible says. That was Jesus. By opening up to others, they will open up to God. See, we've got to influence people, but we only influence those that we're willing to include, those that we're willing to give our time to, those that we're willing to share what's happening in our lives. Our mission is a mission of hope. I want to encourage you that it only takes one person. It only takes us to talk to one person, and we can begin to set in motion a chain that changes eternity. I want to share a story that happened that took place that I think is just crazy. It's so cool. Um, there's an amazing story about one man, and he was a Sunday school teacher, and he was quite a timid guy. He, he didn't really like teaching, but he kind of summoned up the, the strength to go and talk to those kids because he believed that they needed to know about Jesus. So every week he was teaching them in Sunday school, but there was this one punk of a kid. Uh, there's always one. And uh, I'm not looking anywhere. And... Uh, <laughs> No, you guys are amazing. The hand of God is on you guys. You're, is that Daniel? You're amazing. Hand of God is all over you. What a gift of leadership. You're not a punk. And uh, <laughs> you shine, buddy. You shine. And um, there was a punk kid. And <laughs> this punk kid wasn't listening in Sunday school. They're like, I don't care what this guy's got to say. So this teacher by the name of Edward Kimball decided that he really needed to get his message across because this kid wasn't listening. So maybe if he went to where he was, he would listen. And so he turned up at the shoe shop where the boy had a part-time job. And during this break, he, he tried again to explain the gospel to him. And he, he was a bit nervous and he stumbled through it and he was faltering and he, he went home completely discouraged. And he was like, I don't know why I bothered. That was a total failure. You know, he didn't really even respond. The kid that Edward talked to was D.L. Moody, who was a famous evangelist that saw many thousands of people get saved. That day, Dwight Moody gave his heart to Jesus. Now, because of Dwight Moody getting saved, it set off this incredible chain of salvations. Because Edward Kimball summoned up the courage to talk to one person, D.L. Moody was saved. Because of D.L. Moody, at one of his crusades, F.B. Meyer was saved, who was a great Bible teacher. Because of Meyer, Wilbur Chapman was saved, and he also went on to teach. Because of Wilbur Chapman, Billy Sunday was saved, who was a famous evangelist throughout America. Because Billy Sunday was saved, Mordecai Ham got saved, who was a great Bible teacher. Because Mordecai Ham got saved, Billy Graham got saved. See, we don't know. We don't know what our one conversation, what our one piece of sharing the gospel, holding out the word of life, who is going to be impacted for eternity? Because we took a step, just a small step of faith to begin to open up. By opening up to others, they will open up to your Father in heaven. Come on, because we have this hope, we are very bold. We are very bold. We're not going to hide our light under a bushel, no. We're going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Help me out, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. 
This little light of mine. Chris, you help me out. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine all the time. I won't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. I won't let Satan. I'm gonna let it shine. I won't let Satan. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine all the time. Hallelujah! <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit old school there. <laughs> See, we've got to understand that to share hope, we've got to live in hope. I've put you there to shine. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. Can the band come and join me this, this morning would be great. I want, to, I want to close right now, but I want to say this. To share hope, we have to live in hope. And maybe your hope has faltered a little bit through a challenge or a season you faced. I want to let us all know today that the Bible says that we wear the salvation helmet of hope. We wear the salvation helmet of hope that we actually need it to keep our mind and our heart aligned with Christ's passion and mission. Don't let your hope dim. Don't let your hope fade out. Hold fast to hope. The Bible says it again and again because if we're going to have the hope of the world living in us, then our hope cannot grow dim. You know, I went through a challenge recently and I was praying for a friend and she wasn't getting better. And it was really hard to hold to hope when there is no hope. But you see, even when there is no hope, we have a certain hope. A certain hope in the promises that Jesus has given us because our hope is secured in His promises. Our hope is seated in faith and our hope is sealed in prayer. And I want to encourage you that maybe if your hope is going through a rocky place, you need to hold to hope because the world needs it. The hope of the world lives in us. Don't let your hope grow dim, my friends. Whatever situation you face, allow hope to rise in your heart because the overflow of hope is what gives our, us the ability to share the hope of Jesus. Don't let your hope dim. The devil would like nothing more than to blow out the light of hope that's within you. My friends, you're here on a lampstand, so don't let that hope grow dim. I want to encourage every person who's going through a challenge, hold fast to hope in Jesus' name. And in this room as well, I believe that sometimes just like me, you're like, you really want to. But it's like, oh, I don't know what to say. or I don't, I don't know how they're going to take it. Well, let me just put it out there. It's going to go badly sometimes. But that doesn't matter. See, because Edward Kimball thought it had gone really badly. And look what happened. He changed the world. I really believe that as we begin to step out, hold forth the word of life. Hold forth the word of life that things will begin to change all around this whole nation because we're faithful to let the word and the hope of Christ come out of our lives. Would you stand to your feet across this place? Before I hand back to Chris this morning, I want to I pray for us this morning. I want to pray for two groups of people, those in this room who are struggling with their own hope that it's grown dim. And I believe that the hope can be restored. David said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. That's hope in Jesus, hope in the power of God, hope to overcome, hope that no situation can defeat our faith. And I'm praying that every person, their hope rises. And also praying in this room that God would give us a burden for the lost, a passion for people who don't know Him, that we would begin to speak to people out of that passion, that we couldn't stay silent. That in fact, there would be a fire put in our mouth, a fire put in our bones, that the Word of God would have to come out, that we'd have to share about this Jesus whom we love. And I'm praying that we would find this boldness. It's not of ourselves. See, the disciples were stuck in an upper room, not even wanting to go outside and tell people about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit fell. And then they went out and preached boldly. 
Well, that's sometimes just what we need, right? We've got cards at the door. We can take them. Believe that God would move and speak to people. Well, let's pray right now. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. Father, we're, we're in this room and our hope is dimmed. I ask right now, restore hope, restore joy. Father, I thank you that whatever challenge we face, you are the great overcomer and you will lead us out the other side. You are the God of miracles, of restoration. Father, your promises are secured in hope. And Father, you are the anchor of our hope. You keep us secure in every storm. And so Lord, I pray over every person right now who's in a season where their hope is being tested or their hope is being dimmed, restore hope right now. Let the hope of Christ rise. Let the light of God shine in their hearts today. I thank you for that, Jesus, right now, right now, right now. And Father, Lord, for each and every one of us, we pray, Father, that we would not be people of fear, but people of faith. Father, fill us with a holy confidence and a holy boldness. Father, fill us with a burden for the lost. Father, fill us with a burden that we would care enough to begin to open up, open up our lives. And God, we believe that the people that you bring along, Father, that they would begin to hunger and thirst after you. Lord, may me see, may we see many more people come to know you, Jesus. Use us, we ask. Use us as a light that shines, a light that shines that brings people to your heavenly light, we ask in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing praise His name right now. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor Gillian Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch and at Gillian Cameron.